Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale. Order fulfilled and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Ah, oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Shopify.com slash free22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. You've tuned in to On Air with Ruben J. Your home for entertainment news and deep dive conversation. Here's your host, Ruben J. Hey, hey, this is Ruben J. You're listening to On Air with Ruben J. Man, it was good having a week off last week after a bunch of travel and just uh, hanging out with uh, some good people. I don't know what that, what, I think I just broke something. Um, <clears throat> anyway, in this week's episode, man, I'm super excited for it's a long time coming after some email tag and after just trying to get on the same page with this person's schedule. And I believe that this is probably the most important podcast I have done in a very, very long time. We get into discussions about a lot of things that I believe are fundamental questions that we as a society, we as if you believe it, that you are a Christian and that you are a conservative, uh, need to be having, and it is unfiltered, uncensored, and it's just a deep conversation about spirituality and politicalness uh, that just really drives home the importance of being bold in the face of diversity and in the face of people on opposing sides just trying to destroy anybody that they don't agree with. So I believe that this podcast will probably get canceled, will probably be pulled from many sources. That's why you need to head over to dollarinthejar.com right now. Sign up for, you know, particularly, you know, I wish you would sign up for the, the paid f- tier, obviously, because I think that there is some money to be made and that, you know. Um, I would love to give you this podcast completely ad-free and early, but obviously I understand if during this inflationary period that we are in, if you would rather not spend your money on a podcast, and so we have a free option. So dollarinthejar.com, sign up for our free tier or $3 a month tier, get this show early, get the show ad-free, and support what we are doing here because it's, it's, it's big work. It's really big work, and I think this podcast is going to showcase why it's such a big deal that you support us moving forward because we are not going to be silenced on some of the stuff that we are talking about. So dollarinthejar.com, support the show, become a free a free supporter or spend three bucks a month, help the show out. I really appreciate uh, any and all support that way. And of course, you know, if you don't want to sign up for another membership and you don't want to spend any money, I understand it is a rough life out there right now with the way gas prices and inflation and all that stuff is going. Uh, the fact that we are now in a recession, depending on who you ask, you know, whether you ask the people who know or the people who just keep changing the definitions of stuff. Um, I, I, I respect whatever you have going on. So if you cannot support the show by signing up at dollarinthejar.com, I understand. Um, maybe you can share this podcast with a couple friends. 
think of like three people who you think might just be uh, entertained by the, the content that we produce here at the On Air with Ruben J Show uh, or MultimediaMouth.com. And I think that if you can find two or three people, send this podcast to them. I think it will make their day. Now, in addition to that, I know everyone here shops on Amazon. So head over to MultimediaMouth.com forward slash Amazon, click on the Amazon banner and help support the show. Clicking that banner will take you to Amazon and you can start your shopping there. And a little bit of what you spend comes to us. It doesn't cost you a dime. It doesn't cost you a penny more. Whatever you are already buying will support the show. There's a small percentage that comes my way. And I appreciate everybody who's done that so far. I appreciate the people who continue to do that. And I'll appreciate the people who begin to do that starting today. So multimediamouth.com forward slash Amazon. Click on the Amazon banner and help support the show. Again, doesn't cost you anything extra. There's no excuse. You're already going to buy that new TV. So might as well start at my Amazon site and help the show out. Capiche? Capiche. This week's episode, again, like I said, is going to be uh, a bold one. It's going to be direct. It's going to be in your face. And I hope that you appreciate it. My guest this week is uh, one of the pastors over at Coastal Church and one of the uh, the main guys over at Truth Over Trend. I love his message. I love his boldness. Uh, we're going to jump into a conversation here in just a second with Pastor Matthew Mayer, and then we'll be back with more. So stick around for that conversation. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the Kroger Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Kroger Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at Kroger.com and start saving. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Well, I'm being joined right now by Pastor Matthew Mayer right here uh, from, uh, honestly, I don't even know what church you're from, uh, but uh, Truth Over Trend is his ministry, and I listened to him speak out here in in uh, at my home church here, Calvary Chapel, La Habra in Orange County, and uh, I, I truly believe what he, what he had to say was something that I think uh, any good Christian, uh, any good Bible-believing Christian needs to hear, and I also believe that any, any good... Uh, common-sensed conservative needs to hear as well. So Matthew, Pastor Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you doing this morning? Thank you, Ruben. Honored to be on the show. This was a long time coming. We've been playing kind of email tag, trying to figure it out with our schedule. So honored to be here with your listeners, your viewers, hailing from New Jersey, church called Coastal Christian in Ocean City, New Jersey. But more importantly, I am a representation of the larger church. And that's why it's an honor to come into California and have shared that message with you guys not too long ago. Yeah. I loved, I love the message, man. And then, you know, you also, you shared with the men uh, a couple days after, after that big message that I, I'm referencing and uh, hopefully I'll be able to find some clips of it to, to clip into here uh, for people to listen to a little bit of what, what you had to say there. Cause again, and we'll talk about what you talked about cause you're, you know, very bold in what you said. And, uh, which is which is funny. We'll jump into that in just a second. Uh, but I just find it funny that uh, you know saying the truth is bold these days. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But uh, let's talk about you real quickly because you have a very interesting journey uh, into where you are now. Uh, you uh, you played football the uh, 
not not the uh, not the Colts and and the Raiders and uh, and the Lakers, uh, but you 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 played uh, the English football right or the Spanish football or whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's and what call it. how many home runs did you hit in your in your career? Oh my goodness, I love it. <laughs> but tell me a little about so, you know becoming a professional football player, and then uh, we'll transition into you know what happened towards you know that that got you to where you're at now. Yeah, so raised in a strong Christian household with three older brothers that played every sport you can imagine. So I was often playing several years up, whether it was basketball, soccer, baseball, soccer, football seemed to have been the gifting that I excelled at. And that is kind of what made me stand out from my peers, not only in middle school, but eventually in high school. And then, you know, that goes high school accolades, traveling across America, playing in the Olympic development program, warranted a full scholarship to Temple University in Philadelphia. So I repeated that cycle of both excelling academically and athletically and had a pretty decent four years there as a captain and um, eventually was drafted in my senior year to play professional soccer, which was a dream come true. And it was also following the steps of one of my older brothers who was playing professional soccer at the time. So it seemed like the right next step to take. Played several years, you know, in different cities, Raleigh, North Carolina, Carolina FC, North Jersey with the New Jersey Ironmen and the MISL, and then eventually in Philadelphia. And that became more or less the world I lived in, played in. And unfortunately, as I said earlier, if I was raised in a Christian household, I started to look more like the world than the word and the environment that I was raised in. That's kind of like the pause and the pivot that could set us up, Ruben, for, gosh, what God used to get my undivided attention. Soccer was awesome. Don't get me wrong. I often use it to leverage in my messages to get people's attention, right? Mm -hmm. They hear he played pro, pro, played pro soccer and then usually use that to kind of insert a more important truth these days, which isn't about what we do. It's not about what we have. It's about God and what he's created us to do and, of course, what he's entrusted us to have and all of that finds its purpose, biblically speaking, in him alone. So I got further away from that mark of knowing who I was in Christ, and I began to live for the world, and it's applause, and pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall, and, and ultimately that's the DNA of my story. It started off with pride and thinking I was the, the, the genesis of my own glory and my own gifting, and I, and I knew that wasn't true deep down inside, but the sad reality is when you straddle the proverbial fence, when you're living two different worlds, two different lives, one foot as a Christian, one foot as a heathen, one foot in the word of God, one foot in the world, that's a divided stance, ultimately leads to a numbing of sorts. Now you're numb, you're desensitized to things that would previously have been sinful or you would have noticed they were sinful. And gosh, man. Jesus said it best. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul, forfeit yeah. his soul, gaining all the world has to offer, whether it's fame, fortune, and yet forfeit your soul. And like, I think that is the best way to summarize how I had everything that you could imagine, what you would want as a young man, 24 years of age, and had nothing because it, it lacked purpose in Christ and suffered a career ending injury playing professional soccer in March of 2009, March 1st, Sunday game, last time I would put on a professional jersey with my name on it. Ruben, the last time I would collect a paycheck from a professional organization to play a sport, that was the last time that I would play at that high level and tore the ACL, tore the meniscus, had an MRI confirm it midweek. They scheduled the surgery the following week, which was, I think, March 12th. So there's my timeline. March 1st, the knee goes March 12th the scheduling of the surgery to repair the knee. Well, right smack dab in the middle, there was the weekend and it was mm -hmm. March 6th. It was a Friday. And instead of staying in and going with the team the next day where they were traveling to Baltimore for a game, I was on the injured reserve list, chose to go out in the city of Philadelphia on that Friday night. And the cliche saying goes like this, that if you plan, if you, excuse me, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Yeah. And when you really think about that, I had no plans that evening, met up with some friends, ran into some old buddies from college, had some drinks in some local establishments, some bars that kind of bled into the late night hours after midnight. 
finding myself at a club and then drinking more. And all the while, the question has been asked, what were you thinking? And that's the point. When you are under the influence of alcohol, you're not thinking. Mind you, I'm legally drinking as far as being over 21. And you're not thinking about anything beyond the moment. And I got into my vehicle that evening and I set out to go to another destination and myself and a passenger, I often tell people we never made it. That night for me has not yet ended. Yes, the 24-hour cycle has turned over to a new day and a new month and a new year all of these years later. But the consequences and the ramifications of that evening for me has not yet ended. And I say that to say this, that I ended up rear-ending another vehicle on the the expressway, which resulted in an at-fault drunk driving fatality of another driver in the other vehicle, a man named Hortcap, 55 years of age. His life suddenly ends because of my reckless, egregious decision. And it came in waves, obviously, discovering what I had done. The next morning, I found out at the state police barracks when they took me into custody. Mind you, I only thought it was me and my passenger involved with another vehicle where there was a crash. I thought I saw the other passengers that were involved in the driver. So all through the night, I believed I'm just going to get a DUI. I'm going to have to pay for some damage done to vehicles, insurance, and all those things that go with a DUI, misdemeanor, car accident. Never in a billion years would I have imagined that somebody else was deceased based on something that I did. And they told that the next morning in a, an interrogation room. And needless to say, my world implodes. Somebody else's world explodes, a family mm-hmm. that I don't know. And that kind of began the journey of humiliation, which in the hands of useful humiliation, which humbles us. So there was great remorse. There was great, there was great shame, all of which God used performed surgery on my soul. And I don't want to put out a false read to our watchers, our, our viewers here, only because I'm jumping into a time in my life where heavy beyond explanation, and I'm making it sound as if it was like, you know, I woke up the next day and, all right, God, you got my undivided attention. That's not how it went. It was 10 months of brutal emotions and wrestling with how you should respond to it. 10 months later, I'm standing before a judge, And the only thing I cared about, to be honest with you, was to express my remorse and ask for forgiveness from my victim's family, Mm -hmm. who I didn't know. Again, the only thing I knew was he was a father. He was a brother. He was a husband. He was somebody else's child. His children were in the courtroom. And I have to look them in their eye because this was the right thing to do and let them know how sorry I was. And I did that. That's all I could control. I was charged with first degree aggravated manslaughter. I was looking at up to 10 to 30 years in state prison in New Jersey. Did not care about the time that I could get that was out of my hands. Couldn't control any out any outcome other than my heart's response. Couldn't control what prison would be like, which I would eventually serve five years in state prison. But what I could control on that day was seeking forgiveness. And there's a video, Ruben. I always love people to see what took place my court day as I expressed my remorse to this family apologizing and leaving the outcome to God and leaving the outcome to them. And what we would see is Mr. Hortcap's son, a young man named Noon, who would express his anger toward me, of course. I was the object of his anger, the one that took away his father. But in this video, you would see that this composure came over this young man and he comes walking over to me. And you got to see it because my my explanation of it doesn't do it justice. He comes walking over to me and the video, you don't hear what he says, but he says to me, but I forgive you, my brother. And him and I embrace right there in the courtroom. And it's almost poetic because before I would spend a single second as an inmate of the state, as an incarcerated inmate of the state for a crime that I committed, I was set free by this hug of forgiveness. And it took a while in prison for the Lord to really impress upon my soul that picture from court day. And it was like, son, that's the gospel. You all will stand before me one day as the judge. I will judge you for what you've done. And everyone who has broken my law is guilty as charged. And there's nothing you can do on that day. Your resume won't get you out of it. Your good works won't get you out of it. Character references on your behalf won't get you out of it. Money in the bank won't get you out of the crimes you've committed against me. Every 
one who has ever had breath in their lungs unless unless an advocate or a lawyer or an individual stands up interrupts and pays the debt that i owe and that's what jesus did and i, I and i remember being struck with the imagery of a son in the court standing up entering in intercepting and giving me what i did not deserve humanly speaking Man. which impacted me and set me free and i'm going if that was enough to set me free how much more should the gospel of jesus christ set us free and that is a free gift from god fully freely and forever and that's basically how i did my entire time in prison understanding i was free freer in there than i was out there previously so i know i said a lot there with an introduction about playing pro soccer but the pro soccer days led to being a convicted felon a pro to a con but that's all that god used to get my undivided attention and, and put me on this mission that i'm currently on which has intersected our lives ruben Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Kroger, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in-store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Kroger app and save from wherever today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm sitting here and I'm getting chills, you know, listening to this story, um, you know, because this is something I haven't talked about publicly, um, but but my, my brother, my, my older brother actually had a very similar situation happen, um, except his, I believe, and he and I have never talked about this, I believe, uh, was... It was shortly after my mother passed away, and so he he had li- li- he had moved to Arizona and didn't have a support system. So I feel like his his reaction to what happened was all grief related. And I sat in a courtroom and uh, had to give a character witness, you know, to my brother and wow. beg the judge for for some some mercy. And you know, right. I'm sitting there and I and I just i can just i can picture everything that you're talking about because i've i've been there as a witness knowing that my brother did something stupid and wrong and there was a victim that thankfully wasn't dead but unfortunately her life was forever altered she lost you know she lost a leg um and you know so so seeing that i can see it and I, i love the fact that 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 young man was able to forgive you you know like it's such a powerful testimony of um what I would assume is, you know, the love of God there, you know, like I don't, I don't see anybody being able to forgive the person that took their family member, their father, their son, you know, away from them, um, over something as, especially as dumb as drinking and driving. Um, I've been, I've been a hardcore advocate against drinking and driving since the day I was like, 15 years old you know and so you know and usually when i hear people have been in drunk driving accidents i'm like you're dead to me you know <laughs> um but i've also learned that there's forgiveness and you know hopefully people can take those lessons and, and learn from it and i guess my question going into into that is you know you said you spent five years in, in prison and i remember you, you spoke about how um you know god really used you in in you know in the prison um do you remember kind of the moment where you know, maybe after that, where you really turned your life to Christ or, or was that before you even went into, into jail? Like, what was that transition like for you? Great question. So there was 10 months between the night, the incident, the fatality, 
March 7th, 2009, and my sentencing day, as I just kind of prefaced it, January 7th, 2010. So 10 months of walking through the legal consequences with the lawyer, walking through my community with the emotional stigma that is attached to that crime that I committed. And like you, Ruben, I would see people that did what I did when I was growing up and say, how could you do that? Who does that? Right. Come to find out I am now the picture of the drunk driver. Yeah. And interestingly, you know, and I digress, a program that we put together to share with young lives about the danger of decisions was entitled, I'm that guy. Because think about my past life being that guy, that pro soccer player, that guy that people looked up to, man, that guy, he's, he's successful. And then in a moment's time becoming, oh, that guy, you, you, he's, he's that guy, that drunk driver. And gosh, man, that's like the challenge for each of us to consider we're known for and the decisions that we're making, which determine a destiny. And there's a greater destiny. Obviously, if you're a believer that there's an afterlife, God is going to judge us. But within those 10 months, having a strong community, a family that rallied around me to remind me that God is faithful, even when circumstances don't feel good or look good. And it, it was a falling back on that foundation that I was raised in which was pivotal for the days ahead. And again, it wasn't, you know, I woke up and said, you know what? I'm going to serve the Lord and he's going to work all things together for good. Romans 8:28. That's not how it went. There was subtle scriptures that would come into my mind through deep anguish and grief and guilt, like Psalm 46:10, be still and know that I am God. And that's all that I needed in that moment to understand. All right. God is in control. Be still. Stop trying to figure it out. Do the next right thing. So for 10 months, the motto was do the next right thing. If that required me standing in front of a classroom in the fall of that year to tell my story before I even went to prison, I did that. And a lot of people are surprised to hear that. I had the opportunity to do that. And it wasn't to get a license. It was the right next thing to do. And in hindsight, the Lord was using all that to kind of just let me see that he was giving me a gift to communicate his word eventually in a way where people can understand it and the and the life story that prayerfully is useful to get people's undivided attention so 10 months of falling back on a faith foundation the forgiveness on court day was like the catalyst by the time i became an inmate of the state wearing a jumpsuit walking around in handcuffs being locked up with all types of unruly people it's a spiritual melting pot different crimes different backgrounds different age groups that in that place it wasn't just isolation from the world it was a place where god allowed me to learn insulation mm -hmm. from his from his word like isolated from the world so i'm removed from it and then insulated by his word and i fell back in love with his word and i was raised to know it and now I'm seeing it from a brand new lens where it's not just Bible verses I've memorized in my mind. They're now truths that have descended and raptured my heart. And I began to live it out because you live what you believe. And I truly believed it. And it was in that place called prison where the Lord began to just show me that he gave me a gift. And again, it wasn't like, check, come back to faith. Yeah. Step two, start a Bible study. Step three, you know, be Christ-like. No, it was also organic. I just wanted to share what I had learned, and I decided to start a Bible study, right? Like, this is amazing. I never saw the truth like this before, and it was giving me such peace in a place of chaos that the very next thing that was seemed to fit was, I want to tell some other people about this. Come to yeah. a Bible study tomorrow. Hey, you want to come to a Bible study? And a Bible study was birthed in a place where it was uncommon to gather and study scripture openly. And, you know, long story short, it was in a Bible study in prison where the Lord was showing me that he was calling me to, to teach his word eventually. And again, I could see it so clear, Reuben, in hindsight. And again, it wasn't as easy as the 10 months prior to prison of just saying, all right, God's got my undivided attention and then going to prison and just robotically making my way through that experience. That's not how it went. It was slowly but surely just falling back on that faith foundation and trusting God one day and one moment at a time. To be where I'm at today is just like totally humbling. And I never want to lose sight of what God has done. It's been God 
and God alone that has t taken my ashes and made something beautiful out of it, taken my brokenness and made something whole out of it. And I can't take any credit for it. Yeah. And I, I love, I love that there is very tangible, um, you know, moments in your life that you can look back at and you can say, this is where the Lord has, you know, this is where the Lord protected me. This is where the Lord guided me. This is where the Lord showed me, you know, and now this is where the Lord's using me, you know, and uh, I want to transition now and talk into what you're doing today, because I think the work that you're doing today, um, I, I honestly believe that it's probably the most important work of your life. Um, that's very bold of me to say, <laughs> you know, saying what's important in your life. Um, but, um, you know, you, you're, you're very bold in what you say. Um, I remember sitting in, in, in the pews at Calvary Chapel, La Habra and, uh, and sitting here and just, I, I wish I had my notebook so I can go back and see the notes that I wrote down, but you were talking about the modern day Babel and right. you were talking about how, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically the, the gist of it was that, you know, the world today is, is confusing the language to be able to create confusion, to be able to divide. And I, I'm sure you went further than that, but that's kind of the basis of what I remember. It's, it's, it's really early in the morning, people. My brain doesn't work in, in the afternoon, but in the morning especially. Um, but, uh, you know, and you, you sat up there and, and, and you talked about, um, you know, that truth is truth no matter what, but you, we have, you know, a set of people in this world who are trying to redefine words, redefine uh, pronouns, redefine now a recession, uh, you know, all this crazy stuff that's happening in the world, and you tied it to uh, very biblical truths about how, how and why we as Christians shouldn't just sit around and allow you know, these people to just change the definitions of stuff because it is a very slippery slope. And I want to give you the opportunity to, to, to explain what you meant and also, you know, um, tell me how, how can you be so like, how, how do you find the, uh, the guts to go out there and be so bold, you know, cause the church body is, well, you know, a wonderful thing, but also very fragile at times. And, you know, yeah. they're scared of, of making waves, um, even though, you know, the example we have is to, you know, shake the system, you know, because Christ went and he shook the system and he broke the system and recreated the system, you know, but nowadays Christians tend to like, no, 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 it's okay. We'll just pray for you from a distance. We'll call you whatever you right. want. We'll do whatever you need to do. Just please come to church and, and put $5 in the tithing basket and, and we're happy. Right. So please, right. I don't know if there's a question in there, but I think, I think you know what, I, what I'm asking here. <laughs> if you saw my, my brain, it's like, first things first, it's not about being offensive for offensive sake mm -hmm. mind you when you carry out truth absolute truth objective truth truth is offensive mm -hmm. so anytime you represent truth and you represent the god of truth it's going to be offensive to those that don't want anything to do with god and want to define their own way to truth like my truth your truth and ultimately there's only one truth it's the lord jesus christ and his word so when you really think about the Tower of Babel, as it's called in the Bible, in Genesis, Genesis 11, that's not just history. That's a trajectory. And you see a spirit that is birthed in a man named Nimrod, who is the archetype of being Antichrist. And he provokes the people to build a tower. We know it as the Tower of Babel, which has two meanings, really. Babel was the gateway to the gods. So there's some type of spiritual dimension that nimrod is championing and it makes sense spirituality today is useful to say we're all spiritual and he's got the people and they have one language which is very specific and god sees them and goes look at them they've unified not around truth not around him they've unified around a false sense of unity and a false sense of equity and they're going to build something to make their way to god every religion is built on man's intentions or efforts to get to God and God sees them and it says he comes down and he scatters them and this is where you get all the languages of the world kind of being uh, find their birthplace there God scatters them changes their language in the word Babel also means Babel to to be confused so their attempt was to get to God 
and God scatters and confuses their attempt because it always comes to nothing. Like Psalm 2 says, look at the nations, look at the people. Why are they plotting? Why are they conspiring? Why are they raging? They shake their fists at heaven and God laughs. And he's like, you're not going to thwart my plan. I'm going to establish my king on my mountain, Zion, in Jerusalem. And like this whole thing is built around a recurring theme. Babel eventually becomes the birthplace of idolatry. And then the nation of Babylon comes onto the scene eventually, a form of that Babel with a brand new archetype, Antichrist. And then you see God sparing his people. Then you see Babylon show up in Revelation. So when you follow the thread, as I said earlier, it's not just the history, it's a trajectory. It's the spirit of the age. It's a spirit that is anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-Christ, anti-anything conservative. And of course, they rally around unity and diversity and inclusivity and love is love. And that's why they're able to get away with redefining marriage, right? Marriage as defined by God. They're able to get away with establishing their own morality system, right? Morals are relative. Culture kind of determines what's right and what's wrong. And that completely diminishes the fact that truth is transcendent. Truth never changes from the beginning to the end. And that's why people can say, you know what? I am now a woman all of a sudden. I know I'm a man, but now I'm a woman. And, and, and this is all the attempt at just confusing and using uh, hearts that are harnessed by hell to present this one world system. And again, people go, that's a conspiracy. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Think through what is a one world system, a one world order. It's all under the harness of hell. And if it's one world order, then just reorient your mind to receive it like this. Let's go in reverse. What is happening in our world? Well, the enemy is ordering the world into oneness. Mm. That's one worldness, one world order, ordering the world into a oneness. Oneness of what? A oneness in his image, an image that is a departure from the standard. If we're image bearers of God, God said we are created in his image. Why do you think the enemy works overtime to destroy image bearers, not only in genocide and not only in crimes against humanity, murder and, and assaults, but think about abortion, destroying image bearers, future image bearers. Think about transgenderism, completely marring the lines between image bearers, male and female. Think about marriage. God said between a man and a woman and the enemy goes, no, it doesn't matter. As long as love is the basis, a man can marry a man and a woman can marry a woman. And now we're, we're, we're crossing over and we're, we're seeing the spirit of the age. It's all about oneness, man. And that's going to involve a one world government, which, hello, we're moving towards that as well. A one world religion. We're moving towards that. And I'm going, we're, we're working our way back to Babylon or Babel. And all the while, God is doing something in his people. That's counter to that movement. And that's why, to answer your question, Acts 4.13 says it like this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And the punchline they realized they had been with Jesus. They saw a boldness about their speech. That's really what it means, a freedom of speech. They were fluidity in their faith. They were so passionate about what they were talking about that they were like, wait a second, these guys are untrained. Who are these guys? They didn't go to our schools. These guys are uneducated. And, and, and the conclusion, which, mind you, they were using it as an indictment. But when you read it as a Christian, you take it as a compliment. They realized they had been with Jesus. Uh, hey, Reuben, if, if we spend time with Jesus and we truly believe we have the ministry of truth entrusted to us, which is enabled by the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit in us, we have access to the word of truth, which is God's holy word, but it's not just his word. He, often, he, he comes with his word. If I believe that, shouldn't my presentation of that be bold because yeah. the God of the word actually backs his word. And I'm speaking his word. I'm not speaking my own word. So I'm able to compartmentalize and categorize when somebody comes at me for something I said, I'm able to go, you're not mad at me. You're mad at God. You're mad at the truth that was received as offensive because as I looked at this morning, John chapter three, is the truth confusing? Is it something that's lofty intellectually that people don't understand it? No, no, no. Jesus goes, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not what's going on here. It's that man loves darkness rather than light. Yeah, man's deeds are evil, and and they'll say that it's you know I'm not 
I don't know about God. It's like, no, it's really just love sin. And we love sin so much that we're willing to pursue it at our own expense. And that's what sin does. It just, it just tears us up. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, it's it's so crazy to see. You know, I, I've known a lot of a lot of really strong Christian families. This when I was a kid, they were very strong Christian families who, you know, have fallen into the trap of allowing their kids to transition, allowing their kid to change their their, their pronouns and their you know um I'll, t- I'll tell you i'll tell you this quick story um that that should break anybody's heart who hears this little i think she was six or seven years old maybe younger than that <clears throat> um at, at a preface um i may edit this out of the the final podcast because i have to get permission from my girlfriend to actually tell the story but um you know she she's a she was a tutor for for a little while and one of this one of her students again very young age um asked her what are your what are your pronouns you know and my girlfriend said she you know her her, she her whatever the the, whatever the real ones are (laughs) and uh and the little girl goes oh yeah identify as uh as they them it and my girlfriend goes why do you why do you identify as it she's like because i'm just really confused and i don't know what i'm supposed to say and I'm sitting there and I'm like, that kid is so ripe for indoctrination. And that's the point. One teacher gets their, their, their grasp on them. That kid's entire future is completely blown up, blown apart because of one sick, perverted thought process that anybody can be whatever they want at any point in time. And, you know, I'm very much like, Hey, if you're 20 years old and you want to say that you're a, they, them, okay fine mm. you do you like you're an adult you can do that if you really really want to don't ask me to to accept that as truth you know but don't teach that to our children you know and Gosh. what's going on in our school systems across the board is, is scary and I, and I like i always say god bless ron DeSantis out in florida right who is protecting yeah. our children um you know and everyone's always talking about you know the, the big thing at the time i don't know if you remember this was nobody's grooming the children you know, and it's like, no, no, we're not talking about like literally like sexually grooming the children to get them ready to go have, you know, a sexual relationship with these children. We're talking about social and political grooming. You know, you are setting up this generation to be confused. So that way, one person who makes a little bit of sense to them will walk into their life and completely change the trajectory of their life, you know. And so I guess the reason why I'm bringing this up is I want to know what's, what's your your advice to people who are sitting here thinking, yeah, I, a, I don't know how to how to interact with these people who are changing definitions and stuff. But I also don't know how to protect the, the kids in my life because uh, real quick, there are, there's a story of a, a very left leaning woman who is all about, you know, kill your babies and anyone can be whatever. But the minute her kids started saying, I want to identify as, as, as a, as a boy when she, when she's a girl, she got confused and scared. So what do you tell parents mm. who are sitting in that situation how do they handle that? What's your advice to people in general in, in these times? Well, I would say as, as Christians, so that's usually my primary audience. Yeah. I'm speaking to the Church of Jesus Christ. I think, again, that in and of itself could be a separate show, how greatly by turning the church into an incubator to try to reach the world. That's not what the church is for. The church was an establishment from Christ himself to represent him on earth, his body. Therefore, when we come to church— it's a place for believers. So things are said for believers. Somebody comes that doesn't have a spiritual or biblical worldview, they're going to be offended. So this is to Christian parents. One, engage in such a way that if a school system is attempting to indoctrinate your children, they're yours, with any type of curriculum or ideas that are anti-Christ or antithetical to the Bible, engage. Don't let the lie of, well, Christians should just, you know, Stay out of the public square. That's been a lie that has been weaved into too many churches, which has resulted in the culture 
being what it is today. Remember, when Jesus said you're the salt of the earth, he was saying you're the delay of the earth. Wait, what? Salt delayed decay and corruption. So if I'm the salt of the earth, I'm to delay the decay, to be in the way. And if it involves my children more so than ever before, if somebody that is in your network is struggling with identity or sexuality, you do two things. You you accept where they're at, right? But you don't affirm. And I know yeah. like that's semantics that some people know. Accepting them is loving. Okay, I love you, but I can't affirm that. I can't I can't call you by pronouns that are not consistent with your biological structure, right? I just can't do it as a Christian because I'm not going to play in this fantasy world. I'm not going to affirm a lie. Um, the other thing that Christians need to understand is, yes, adults who decide to make certain decisions, whether it's you know sexual sin or identity crisis type stuff, yeah, let them do that. And the moment they start to try to indoctrinate children, this should heighten our senses and our awareness. Why? What do you think the highest treason against God would be? It's not just our sin against him. It's when we attempt to influence children to sin. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus meant when he said it would be better for a person to have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the sea. He wasn't saying that should happen if they cause little ones to stumble, little children to be offended. He said it would be better if that type of person had a millstone, a heavy stone hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. So Jesus is like, you don't mess with children. Yeah. You do not confuse them biologically by identity and you know what hit me the other day ruben it was such a simple analogy about the devastation that these movements have if we're operating under laws nobody defies the law of gravity with consequences nobody jumps off a deck and says i was going to try to just create my own law i don't believe in the law of gravity gravity we do that with (laughs) biology all of a sudden but Let's do that with traffic laws real quick. And we don't have to get all complicated with yield signs and, and other traffic laws. Let's just use red and green, for example. We all know red and green means go. I, could, I know that. So when I see a red light, I stop. When I see a green light, I go. Well, what if, you know what? I'm going to operate as if red is green and green is red all of a sudden. I do that sometimes. Right. Well, <laughs> you might mistakenly do that. There are people who are intentionally doing that, and I'm going, you can say, well, that's fine with me. I'm going to still operate as green being go and red being stop. Now let's put that into practice. There are going to be people on the roads who are operating as red is green and green is red, and there are going to be people on the roads who are saying, no, red is red and green is green. You are inevitably going to see calamity and confusion and destruction just with the traffic laws. And I'm going in an infinitely greater way with spiritual laws identity laws as god has given us order when man defies that order it leads to disorder so as a christian you got to know truth you got to be willing to share truth you can't worry about feelings and emotions you do accept those in your network with compassion but you don't affirm it and then you pray for their heart because only the god of the word can illuminate their minds and set them free from that form of bondage and it's a deep bondage because it's it's a confusion in the soul that's why the the enemy tries to get at our children as early as possible they're pliable and they're moldable at an early age so why is he going through the school system well if he has access to the next generation then when they become of age that's going to be the acceptable norm and 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 in the word of being tolerant like we got to tolerate everything it's like no you don't tolerate what is deviant you never do that as a christian no matter what and that comes at a cost you will get canceled we talked about that. You will get persecuted. You will be called a hater. You will be called a sexist. You will be called a bigot. And I'm going, if none of those things are true of me, Ruben, I don't believe those things are true of me. I'm not a racist. I'm not a bigot. My heart explodes to see souls saved. Yeah. I don't care what color is. I don't care what sin they're struggling with. I'm made of the same stuff as them. I'm just as guilty as they are. Yet I got the antidote. I know the Savior. And I should be passionate about setting them free from that house of fire as if we would in the physical sense, somebody was in a house on fire, we're not going to walk by and go, oh, I hear somebody yelling. You know what? I'm just going to go on my way because my life looks good. No, no, no. We're going to do whatever it takes to try to get them out of that house. And I go, that should be the sense of urgency that believers have today more than ever in light of the, the seeds of lies that have been sowed into our children's minds. Yeah, it's, it's funny because I come from the generation that, <clears throat> you know, um, where the er- it was the early foundations to where we're at today, really, 
with you know pushing so hard for for the legalization of gay marriage and you know while i'll say in one breath i don't care what people do in their in their bedroom politically speaking do whatever you want in your bedroom you know um the minute you start saying that a church should or shouldn't do something that is unbiblical that's where i i draw the line and you know um that gener- my generation grew up with the idea of it's okay for men and women to you know marry the same sex and that quickly turned into well now you have to accept them if the man wants to be a woman and the woman wants to be a man and you right. know men can get right. pregnant and all this stuff and it's it's it, it is it has been a very it has been the definition of a slippery slope you know slippery slope and i i tell people in my in my network cuz i you know i'm I've been blessed with having very, um, very smart friends, but very young friends, and so they, they're growing up in in the uh, in this current indoctrination of, you know, they, them, we, they, z, they, you know, uh, as Ben Shapiro says, the LGBTQ plus, you know, QIA, WXYZ, you know, ampersand <laughs> plus minus sign, you know, people, and, and and you know, unfortunately, they're really good, again, really good Christians who are growing up to say, you know what doesn't hurt me you'd go do you and i'm sitting there i'm like at what point does it you know do we do we say oh man i wish we would have taken a stronger stance so i'm glad that there's people like you out there who are um who are taking this from a christian worldview not just a political worldview you know a christian worldview and saying listen this isn't what the bible wants you know like this isn't what the bible teaches the bible yes be compassionate to people who are you know going through uh, you know their a potential transition, you know, and, but like you said, don't, don't affirm them, you know, and with love, like lovingly don't affirm them, you know, when they think. Remember the, all these issues today, I don't care what controversial issue you want to bring up. They're not political. Yeah. They're not social before they were theological. Yeah. That's why the Christians should have a concern about them. So what the enemy has done is the moment it has entered the political arena, he has convinced a lot of Christians that you can no longer touch it. And I'm saying if you look at history, he's done his most damage, has always been through the political arena, yeah. through policy, through making laws, unrighteous laws, and then causing Christians and churches to either accept it and affirm it or get penalized, persecuted for standing against it. That's what you see. Yeah. And I'm going, we live in a very unique context where a lot of people try to take Romans 13 and go, see – we should submit. I'm going, not only was that misappropriated, Romans 13 was written by Paul in a Roman context about their form of government. We don't have a Roman form of government. We have mm-hmm. a completely different democracy. Therefore, you have to apply it to your context, which means our government is by the people, for the people, we the people. And yeah. it was established on Judeo-Christian values. And you see it all in our written documents, all, all in the framework of our country. And I'm saying we use that as a point of reference to say, look how far we have fallen. And because God is no longer sitting as over our, our nation, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin to any people, we're able to say, look how we have allowed the enemy so deep into our land that now we're on the sidelines going, you know what? We're just passing through here. And I'm going, I don't see that in any age of the church that we're just passing through here. We were established to make an eternal impact on earth while we're here as salt influencers delaying the decay and light and the reason there's darkness that's prevailing and the reason there's decay and corruption in every square inch of our country is because the church and the christian have remained silent with the truth and we are the ones that have given over the 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 territory to the enemy we're losing the culture war and i'm honored and humbled to just be one voice of many that are all yelling at the top of our lungs. I often tell my people at church, I'm not writing sermons anymore. I'm writing sirens. Mm. I'm done writing a sermon. We do not need another sermon. We need a siren because when I read the Bible, I'm like, God is trying to sound a siren to get his people to wake up before it's too late. So back to Babylon, right? How's that end? Well, Revelation tells us the world is moving towards mystery Babylon and a bondage and a blindness, and if the church is doing what it's supposed to do, we'll delay that, but we'll also bring more people with us by way of salvation. So, gosh, I don't sit here trying to tell people 
you know, it's as easy as ABC, one, two, three. No, it's, I know it's complicated. I know there are people in our families, in our workplace that are espousing these opposite views. And there's been great division over the past several years in every area of life from politics to how people have handled coronavirus to social justice. I mean, you name it. You're for masks. I'm against masks. You're for the vax. I'm against the vax. Like division, division, division. And I'm saying now more than ever, we need to be about what we believe. And it's greater than all those things I just previously mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's about nation of the soul. And if the believer believes that, I often tell people in riddle form, and I'll say it fast and I'll say it slow. You, you might have people in your life that don't believe what you believe, but you better believe that they'll believe whether or not you believe what you believe. Now, I'll say it slower. There are people <laughs> in your life that do not believe what you believe, but you better believe that they will at least believe whether you believe what you believe. In other words, they're watching us, and they're able to deduce whether or not we actually believe the Bible that we sit under every Sunday. Like they could tell, like, are you willing to put everything on the line? Because that's what the early disciples did. Everything on the line for a truth they believed. And the world will know whether or not we believe what we believe. Amen, man. I, <clears throat> I'm sitting here, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting chills and I'm getting excited. And I'm, 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 like, I'm like, where's my Bible? And you go and like start reading my Bible more and just get more and more equipped, man. Because I, I really feel like there are, uh, the church is in a, an interesting place post-pandemic. Um, and we're entering now what I, I'm saying a social pandemic with what's going on with, with again, everything that we've talked about today. Um, and I, I truly believe that um, anybody who truly calls themselves a Bible believing Christian needs to, to put on the armor of God and, and get to work. You know, there, right. there's a spiritual right. war out there, man. And it's, it's, and the unfortunate part is we're losing it right now. We're losing, you know, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, this is America. This is the greatest country on earth, you know, and, and we're allowing it. We're allowing what, what our founding fathers handed to us as the greatest experiments in political history to just decay. And like, 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 like you said, we are decaying in every inch of this nation and it, it seems to me, just kind of a side note and a rant to me, it seems like the more and more the United States decays, the more and more Christians kind of are like, well, at least we're closer to the end times. Okay, well, if that's the case, what are you doing about it? You know, are you right. are you saving souls? Are you are you praying for those who are lost? Or are you letting them just go to hell? Like, literally. That's apathy. <laughs> apathy. Apathy toward Christ does more damage to the cause of Christ than enmity with Christ. Enmity being at war with him. Like those that are completely on the opposite end of this battle against God himself. Those who are claiming to know him, who are apathetic toward him, are actually doing more damage to his cause than those who are outright sinning and rebelling because we're the ones that he's placed in this context for such a time as this to steal a line from Esther, to be the salt and light. But where did this start? You can trace it. The enemy's attempt at indoctrination at every level through every medium. You can go all the way back and realize the first thing that he's done, which is a replication of what Hitler did in Nazi Germany, which is pretty astonishing, contradicts truth. Enough said. Contradict truth. Yeah. The next thing that will fall into place, you control the news, propaganda, control the messaging, put it in such a way that you can't escape it. What happens after you control the news? You can bring conflict to groups. Oh yeah. You contradict truth. You control the news. You can bring to groups. Rich versus poor, black versus white. You can throw off society in such a way that then you are the one that comes in with the solution, right? Mm -hmm. well, what happens as a result of all that? You convert to youth. That's what Hitler said. He said, if you, you give me the next generation, you give me the nation. You contradict truth. You control the news. You bring conflict to groups. You will convert to youth. And if the next generation is lost, that's when the end times and Jesus will say, you know what? Enough's enough. Just as he did in the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Enough's enough. I'm going to come. I believe in a rapture, pre-trib rapture. I believe he's going to come get his bride and will be spared from that final hell on earth with the Antichrist. That's my belief. Some people argue back and say, oh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Either way, man, I'm living as if today was my last. I'm going to share the gospel. i got to go preach tonight at my church, Reuben. I'm going to preach as if it's my last siren to my people because tomorrow's not entrusted to me. And I hope to instigate people to be about our father's business more than ever before. 
And I hope that is impactful to parents and moms and dads who train children in the way they should go. Because if they don't, if you don't train children in the way they should go, they'll be. If you don't train them up, the world will train them up. Ooh. Yeah. The world will train them up. They will be subjected to drag queen story hour. Oh God. Like, that's just one example of many where the enemy's coming in as a guy dressed as a gal with exaggerated parts, hair, makeup, reading a kid's book to capture their imagination. That's what's on their website. They, I love how they use the word capture because that's like spiritual. Capture Man. their mind. That's indoctrination. And it's interesting that we're on this thread, Ruben. Uh, you probably were like, we weren't planning on talking about some of this stuff, but the Lord has led us here, and I think that's probably the, the, the rele- relevant issues of our day yeah. every Christian should be equipped to address. Well, let me, let me tell you this, man. The, the amount of prep work I did going into this was zero. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, said, I didn't even know what sport you played. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were, uh, you were, you were throwing. Not important. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, the Lord, I knew the Lord was going to guide this conversation no matter what, and I just knew that if, if we were able to be conduits for the conversation that it would happen the way it needed to happen. That's and right. and I, I, I believe that, um, that this country is at a, at a precipice of uh, needing to decide what it wants to be. It's, it's either going to be uh, a nation of law and order and a nation of, of, of the founding fathers doctrine under whether people want to say that the founding fathers are Christians or not. That's, that's something that we can, and I actually want to talk to you about that some other time. Cause I know we're tight on time here. Oh, uh, I'd love to, um, I'd love to. you know, because there's so many lies and things that are being spewed right now about, you know, uh, the founding fathers and, and, and stuff. But, you know, we're either going to be a nation of laws and, and a Christian nation. And that doesn't mean that we have one church that the, 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 that the, the nation has to abide to, not the church of England type of a situation, but you know, that we're, we're allowing, you know, Christians to rise up in leadership and allowing people of all walks to have their, their chance at the table, or we're going to be a, a lawless nation, which is where we're headed right now. And it's, it's really interesting, man. Uh, tell me a little bit real quick about uh, truth over trend. That's your, your organization. And uh, what, what, what you got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Truth Over Trend, Truth Over Trend is more or less a platform that the Lord has entrusted to me. You can find out more information at that actual name, truthovertrend.com, social media, same. The handles are Truth Over Trend. I don't want my name attached to anything. And, and I'll tell you a very, I'll tell you a long story in a, in a short way. The, the site that was founded on my behalf after I got into prison was called the mapmayorstory.com. And on that website originally was the courtroom scene. As you can imagine, we embedded that video of the news capturing Mr. Horkap's son forgiving me. We also allowed Mr. Horkap's family, which they accepted the opportunity to blog on that website. And I was blogging from prison. So I didn't have a computer. I didn't have internet. I would write a snail mail letter and I would send it home. My mom would post it on the mapmayorstory.com. I never saw it. Not only I never saw it when I got out, that was the first time I saw like a computer with my website on it. But the website went kind of viral. People were following it from all over the world. I felt like Dr. Phil in a sense in prison. People were writing me asking me for my advice. And I remember thinking like, I'm in prison, man. You're writing me. But they were reading the blog. And the yeah. blog, by God's grace, was saturated with peace. And I guess that was attractive. And people are saying, if this guy's got it figured out and they are, and it was, it was a, an opportunity for me again, to share the gospel in a very dark place. So transition, I got out. I never liked Matt Mayer, the Matt Mayer story. I didn't want it to be about me because it's not about me. And I got with my team and I was just like, listen, I, I want to change the name. Oh, you can't change the name. That's how people find you. Like, and I'm like, I don't care if they don't find, I don't want them to find me. I want them to find the truth, essentially, and the gospel. Yeah. And, um, you know, the way I was teaching and preaching and, and talking was counter to the trends of the day. And I was dealing with a lot of youth, and they were always caught up in the hype of the trends and TikTok. And, like, every week there was a new dance. And, like, and I'm going, guys, imagine if you knew the truth so much more than you knew the trends. Yeah. And that kind of became this truth over trend. And the platform really has – Sometimes I'll, I'll update it with where I'm at, where I'm speaking at in California, in Virginia, in Florida. Um, you'll find all my media on there. My media would include sermons that I've given at Calvary La Habra, at other churches, my own church, my podcast, which is called Rechurched Podcast, and the name is The Mission. 
rechurched. I believe we will reach the unchurched and the dechurched when the church is rechurched. When we come back to biblical thinking the way we should, that's when we'll reach the world, but not the other way around. We have to know the Bible before we can bring it out and start a revival. So a rechurch podcast, like you're doing, Ruben, we're talking about some of the hot topics of our day. Um, there's merch. I, know, I hate offering merch up, but they're just sticky ways of, you know, somebody goes, what does your shirt mean? Or oh, I like your shirt, man. Yeah. Truth over trend, courage over compromise, grace over guilt, hope over hype, worship over worry, gospel over gossip, and like the list goes on. And you wear them in an airport. People go, I like that shirt, man. And now you're talking about your faith in a very non-threatening way because of something you're wearing. So truthovertrend.com, um, again, it's about the truth of Jesus Christ, not about me personally. So I don't care that you didn't know what sport I played. I often forget about that myself because <laughs> uh, it's nothing more than a leverage to get to the, 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 the meat. The meat of it all. And, and what matters of it all. That's right. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I, d I definitely recommend people to head over to truthovertrend.com, uh, support, you know, support this this ministry and this mission. Um, cause again, I, I think it's, I think it's the most important work you're doing right now, man, is, is standing up against the, uh, the social predations of, of the world today. And, um, you know, I, I wish, I wish we had more time to chat further. Um, but we'll do this again, I hope. And we'll, we'll jump into some of the stuff that I want to talk about as far as like, you know, the founding fathers documents and, and, and stuff like that. Oh, I love that. I, I think there's a, there's some truth in there too. Uh, Matthew, Mary, thank you so much. Uh, stick around for just one, one quick second here. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. That was my conversation with Pastor Matthew Mayer. Hey, he has some books. He's got some merch. He's got all that stuff over at truthovertrend.com. Go and support what he's doing. He's doing an incredible, incredible work. Former football player and football as in soccer. Um, he's an incredible speaker. He's had some uh, adversity adversities in his life and i think that uh, any support that he can get from us is great so truthovertrend.com it's incredible incredible work that matthew is doing i apologize my phone just went off uh you know i should have that on silence but i don't so if you see me in the next week i owe you a beer uh, or a coffee or whatever you drink your drink of choice but uh, at the end of the day, uh, Matthew Mayer is doing an incredible work, much like what we're doing here at the podcast. So again, if you would like to support what I'm doing here, head over to dollarinthejar.com for three bucks a month. You can help support the podcast. We also have a free version that uh, you don't get any perks with it. You get to be part of a, a community and a membership, but uh, just sign up, sign up, whether it's the free, free version or the paid version, all of it helps. And with that, I'm out. I'm going to head out and uh, get some work done and try to just try to be effective in what we're doing here. Uh, my name is Ruben J. You can follow me on Twitter at the Ruben J. Uh, same on Instagram, Facebook, all of the big social media sites. I'm also on Truth Social at the Ruben J. Make sure to follow me. And with that, I am out. I will see you guys when I see you. Be blessed, everybody. This is a, a big fight that we're fighting, and we're in it together. I appreciate you. Talk to you later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.